Hey now, it's Brace for Impact, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert, and I'm joined as always by JD by God Oliva. How you doing, JD? Bittersweet day. This is for a teacher, it's the second best day of the year. It's the end of first semester, the end of finals. So that's great. Got a nice little two-week break. But uh, it was also alumni day at the old DeKalb wrestling room. So we had some of our college kids come in the room today. And I wrestled with uh, a freshman from Southern Illinois University. He was my guy when he was in school. And the old man still has it. We'll leave it at that. I hit a foot sweep <laughs> and followed him down to the mat. And I landed face first into his skull and broke my nose. Yeah. So, well, I'm sure his head hurts now, though, by the way. So well, I, yeah, well, I got the takedown. That's what's important. It just that's, cost that's, me my face. Right. So, yeah. So uh, let, let let me tell you. Uh, I'll I'll tell JD's gonna fix his headphones real quick, but I'll I'll tell I'll tell everybody a quick story. So the last time I landed a double leg takedown, it was in wrestling practice when I was in Japan. For some reason, I thought I was gonna be a tough guy and I wanted to train mixed martial arts. So um, we were we were training takedowns that day and just and just it was actually just straight wrestling. And I you know I got a little cocky. He's like you know I used to wrestle in high school. And I go were you any good? And I'm like well. I used to wrestle in high school. We'll just leave it at that. And so I go to to do a takedown on the guy and the guy was doing, um, he was being nice. He kind of like was almost like falling down for me, just like helping me out because we're just going through the motions. So he kind of like did a pro wrestling fall, but I, so I go and I do the double leg and I picked the guy, I picked the guy up and like all of his weight somehow. Cause I, I got down real low and all of the, his weight from like his hip and his back landed on the back of my head and sandwiched my, the front of my head into the mat. Cause you could tell my, my, my form was terrible. Right? I hadn't done a takedown forever. So he lands on it and I sprained my neck and I ended up going to the doctor because my neck hurts. Well, we didn't figure it out. Like a year later, I had this, um, this thing in my neck called a Chiari malformation. So I had Arnold Chiari malformation syndrome. And what that means is that my brain stem was falling out of my brain and putting pressure on my spinal cord. Oh, right. And if you ever meet me in person, I have a huge scar up the back of my neck. This was in 2008. So it took a while to figure it out because my hands were swelling up on me and like they were going numb and, and this and that. And I couldn't like move my head backwards like that. I still have range of motion issues since then. But that one take like if if but that was something that I was born with that we hadn't discovered yet. And because of that moment, we were able to discover it. So in a sense, like it kind of really saved me because they said if they didn't find it when they did, I'd have been paralyzed, which is holy insanity. Shit. Yeah. It, yeah. Like they're like, yeah, because of how bad it was. Now, a lot of people have this. It's a low percentage of people have it, but there are still it's still a high number of the people that actually were born with this thing. And, you know, a lot of people don't get paralyzed and things like that. But they said that how bad mine was like I could have been paralyzed. So a, a double leg takedown gone wrong ended up uh, saving me forever. Wow. I I feel you a little bit. I got two herniated discs that that went real bad on me in college that changed wrestling for me i just had to change my style and stuff like that but that's that's scary i was gonna say your first mistake was shooting because if you're not (laughs) caught like this is an old man wrestling trick unless you're constantly drilling like your shots never take a shot i don't i haven't grabbed a kid's leg in years if not a decade i just throw people (laughs) <laughs> we were drilling the shots. That's what we were doing. Oh, we were just that was your second practicing. mistake. Yeah. Drilling. That's, yeah. that's, that's hard. <laughs> <Yeah>. Drill. <laughs> Russell Lock. Uh, that's way easier. 
What's up, Ryan Frederick? Ryan Frederick, hey. host of In the Clinch, and he also does all of the MMA stuff for the Wrestling Observer. Um, welcome, Ryan. Uh, he actually is on edibles right now, so this should be fun. Um, <laughs> if you guys are in the chat, make sure to fuck with Ryan. <laughs> so, uh, but welcome, Ryan. Oh, and then our, our homie, official Little Silver, the one and only Little Silver. He's back in the chat. What's up, everybody? And then uh, our boy Pat. Pat, what's up, Kruger Child? Uh, needs to change his uh, needs to change his username because we know who he is. But yeah, I had no, I, would, a, I had no idea who that was. Unless you pointed <laughs> yeah, that out to yeah. me. Yeah, that's our boy Pat. Um, and so let's go ahead and get into a little bit of breaking news. We got some good news, and I love starting the show off with some good news. So let's hit the button. Breaking news. Uh, we got some good news. So Rich Swan was on the Chris Van Vliet uh, show, the podcast. Uh, I guess it's on YouTube and all of the podcast uh, platforms. But he announced that he has uh, signed a two-year contract extension with Impact Wrestling. Uh, and that's really good news. Rich Swan, a former X Division champion, a former world champion. He has main evented the biggest pay-per-view in the history of Anthem-owned Impact when he uh, defended the title against Kenny Omega. He is a he has been off and on kind of a, a guy here. He he gets kind of like a he'll get a little bit of a push and then they'll put him right back down to the bottom of the card and he'll get a little bit of a push. So I was kind of worried about him. Like he was one of the guys that I was worried about whether or not he would stick around. But looks like he is sticking around, man. And I'm really excited about that because Rich Swan is great, man. He's a modern day uh, Ricky Morton to me. Yeah, he's really good. I'm really happy he's going to stick around here. Um, he has kind of unfortunately settled into a gatekeeper role. Which unfortunately his his world title reign was also kind of a gatekeeper title reign. He was really kind of there to because I mean for the moment he won the title, it was when they put Kenny in the company, right? So I mean like it was from the really day within a, it was within like, a couple yeah, hours. With it was within a couple weeks, see, but yeah, yeah, it was very very soon after that, of course. So it was like the countdown to when Kenny's gonna get the belt, his whole title mm -hmm. reign, which I thought was unfortunate because we never really got a rich swan is the guy reign, even though the reign was a couple months long. But it's I'm glad he's sticking around. I hope we can do more with him than just having him be a setup guy. You know? Yeah, yeah. And that's really kind of the role that he's fallen into since he mm -hmm. lost the title. Um, and I, I did feel like I really liked that match with Omega, but in my opinion, just watching it, he looked like he had gotten exhausted about 10 minutes into that match, and Kenny was essentially wrestling himself after that for a while. Uh, some people did try to argue that maybe he was working, but I don't know, man. He looked like he was blowed the hell up to me. I think that he knew the situation he was in and got himself a little stressed out. You know, because yeah. a lot of times those, the blowing up is not just like I think people people mistake like blowing up or getting tired. We talk about this with the boys all the time. It's not that you're out of shape. It's that your your breathing patterns get thrown off when you're competing. Right. And yeah. then in this case, performing. And I think he just kind of got swallowed up by the the weight of the situation because it was literally the biggest impact title match in well over a decade. That you know that used to happen to me a lot in in sports, like in wrestling, football, and whenever I was uh, trying my hand at MMA. Like in practice, I would be good, and I would do it. But when it came time to the game or the actual thing, I would just get anxiety. It was mm -hmm. almost like performance anxiety, and exactly like, I would be like, I would. I just remember like one day uh, in uh, when I was playing, I finally got into varsity, and they're about to put me into the game, which they never did um, for good reason. Uh, but they wanted me to go into the game, and I was like exhausted running onto the field and I hadn't played yet and I had to control my breathing and just like get to my mental and then it took me like 
a couple of hits before I kind of like gathered myself a little bit. And then I was able to calm down, but they used to happen to me all the time. I lost wrestling matches to, to guys that I was probably physically more talented than, but because they, they were relaxed and I wasn't, they would get me. It's a real story. My heavyweight right now has performance anxiety issues. He keeps throwing up. And when I say throwing up, I mean, this dude will barf in the middle of the mat and it's, Oh, kind wow. of, in, it's gotten kind of embarrassing at this point because mm-hmm. it's like the kids will start betting out. Okay, when's it going to happen? When's he going to throw up? <laughs> like I think they've got pools going on in the back. I haven't been able to prove that yet, but I mean, every match is <laughs> right on the floor. I mean, it's not again, not that he's out of shape. It's the anxiety of competing. It's a real thing. And I think that's kind of what happened to Rich Swan in that Kenny Omega match because he doesn't blow up normally. No, and his matches are always really good, and he has really mm-hmm. long matches, and I mm-hmm. and he's had better matches than the Omega match, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. I just, yeah, I felt like the gravity of the situation probably just got to him. But regardless, he's a great talent. He's one yes. of the top guys here. Um, and, you know, we talk about the mass exodus of all the people that left during the fourth quarter of uh, of 2022. Well, hey, look, we got a little bit of good news. First it was uh, Tasha Steeles, and now it's Rich Swan. So guys like that and little girls and Natasha – um, sticking around a little bit longer when, you know, they very well probably could have gotten a deal somewhere else. No, I'm happy. I'm very, very happy that these people are sticking around because, like, shows are already getting hard enough to watch sometimes. So we can't lose <laughs> the talent people we got. Yeah, and I think some I think some more more folks are uh, coming uh, coming down the pike, uh, and we'll we'll talk about that later. But you know, we talked about last week. Anthony Green is on his way, and I know they just they just signed John Skyler. We got to see him a little bit on the show tonight. Looks like he's doing something with Jason Hotch. So uh, I like that they're bringing in some new names and new people. And uh, you know, I was on the fight game uh, the fight game podcast this week on the Wrestling Observer. You know, two weeks ago I was on with Josh Nason, and then this week I'm back on the Observer Network. Superstar. Uh, yeah, one of these days, you know, Dave himself is going to call me and be like, Mike, I don't know shit about Impact. Can you please come and talk to me about Impact on, on uh, Wrestling Observer Radio with Brian Alvarez? And I'll be like, sure, Dave, I will come and handle this for you. And uh, maybe one day that will happen. It's good to Probably dream. not. Yeah, probably not ever going to happen. But, you know, hey, look, they, they bring hey, look, they bring our buddy Ryan on to talk UFC now. So they, they need a third body in there to talk Impact, and I'm the fucking guy for it. So hopefully they, they make that call one day. It's good to have a dream. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's good. It's good to dream. It's good to dream. All right, uh, let's go ahead and. Uh, oh yeah, the reason why I was talking about it is because a go watch that. It's out there on the fi- on the uh, the Wrestling Observer uh, Network, either YouTube and Apple Pod- Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and then uh, also if you're a subscriber to the to the network, it's out there as well. Um, but I had brought up I I watched um, a really good match earlier this week on. Um, the YouTube Ultimate Insider. So Impact, they show indie matches sometimes as if it features one of their stars. And uh, there was a match from Pro Wrestling Revolver from a few weeks ago. It was a Steve Macklin versus a guy called Crash Jackson, uh, the one called Manners, whom we've seen on here before, um, Mance Warner, who have we brought up here before. Um, and it was a uh, it was a it was a four way match um, between all four of those guys, and they tore the house down, man. It was a really really good match. I suggest everybody, if you're a subscriber to the Ultimate Insiders, I suggest everybody go check it out. But as soon as I finished watching that match, I was like, you know what? Those three guys that were in there with Macklin, I think those guys are good enough to be on Impact, and yeah. probably not. They're probably not going to cost you a ton of money, um, and you know they they seem to like to bring in these former WWE guys all the time, um, but they uh, and 
but those guys cost a lot of money and there's not a real return on investment there. They're not really hitting it home at the box office. So if the number, if the box office numbers are going to be the same pay-per-view numbers are going to be the same, why not bring some of these guys in who are just looking for a shot on TV and give them a chance? I think that's what they should be doing going forward. I'm going to have thoughts on bringing in former WWE guys when we get to the Patreon half of the show. But yeah. um, it seems like when people leave WWE, what they're really concerned with is how they can get back into WWE. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like the guy that gets out of prison and then he just he can't exist outside the prison yard. So he's got to get back into prison. Yeah. He gets institutionalized, right? Yeah. Like in mm-hmm. uh, the Shawshank Redemption. Right? That's right. What was, uh, yeah, what, what was the guy? That he had the bird in his uh, jacket and uh, he ends up getting out and uh, he, he was trying everything he could to, to, to stay in. Uh, I can't remember. I can't remember his name either. Trying to blank. Yeah, that's yeah. A great, yeah, it's a great movie, though. Great movie. Um, everybody go check out Shawshank Redemption if uh, you're under 30. Chances are you have not seen it. Best Stephen King adaptation. Abs- absolutely. Well, hey guys, we're oh, you know what? Let's go ahead and get into the chat a little bit. We got uh, we got our buddy Josiah. Josiah sent me the recap here because uh, the the Observer site has been stealing all the energy from my computer, so I can't do this at the same time. So, um, and then uh, here's more. Yeah, Josiah wants us to invest in some indie guys. Um, it's more cost effective, that's for sure. Definitely more cost effective. And it's more interesting. Quite frankly, I'd much rather watch Mance Warner and Manders mm-hmm. and Matthew Justice do their thing than some guys who got cut from WWE nine times out of ten. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and get into the recap. Uh first up, we got uh, Brace for Impact. Uh Witchy Woman, uh Taylor Wilde defeated before Kylan the impact. King. We're before the impact. We're brace for impact. Did I say brace for impact? You did say brace for impact. Bef- this is not as cool as Brace for Impact. This is before the impact, BTI. And which a woman, Taylor Wilde, defeated – you remember that from Seinfeld? Oh, Whenever, yes. Uh, El- Elaine, her, she wanted to have like her song, and it was which a woman, and a woman? Jerry, Jerry was, was just he- – the boyfriend was, was into Desperado. And every time Desperado yes. would come on, he would like stare off into space. <laughs> A great show. Yeah. And then she's like, well, I want my song to be Witch A Woman. And then Jerry was like, oh, Witch A Woman, huh? She goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. She would try to sing it, but she couldn't say Witchy. It was Witch A. To be fair, that is... Who's singing in the Eagles at that point? Is that Don Henley? I forget. Henley, yeah, it'd be Henley. Yeah, yeah. It'd be Henley. I, I don't thought. know. I don't know that he's singing that specific song all the Why way. Why don't they switch off a little? They did bit, go back and forth. Yeah, they did yeah. go back and forth. It could be Glenn Fry. So I mean, like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Henley though, because he does say "Witch a Woman." See, how it does sound like "Witch a yeah. Woman" as opposed to "Witch Woman." Which either a, way, this, yeah. either way, this gimmick sucks. So continue. Yes, <laughs> yeah, the Eagles are great. Taylor Wilde's new gimmick is not "Witchy Woman." Taylor Wilde defeated Kylan King. Um, I don't know. If King is signed here, but uh, I got a lot of people telling me that she's great. And, uh, you know, you hear a lot of that, about that a lot or you hear that about a lot of the independent women talent that are out there. And so um, I have not had a chance to see her work yet, but a lot of people say that uh, she's fantastic. So we she's will, we will see more of her. She's, much she's fine. She's fine. Yeah. Yeah, but you know we lost some women in this company, so we need more. So if uh, if she's pretty good, she's pretty good. Let's bring her in. Well, um, people seem to like her, but uh, yeah, Taylor Wilde defeated her, and that was talking BTI. Thank you, folks. Thank you for talking BTI with us. Taylor Wilde looks good in the new gimmick, but I don't like the new gimmick. But it's probably better than her punk rocker wearing the uh, the ice cream ahoy scooper from Stranger Things outfit that she was doing last year. So. Yeah, she was doing like this whole like you know World War II candy striper thing. I don't know what the hell she was up to, but um, yes. 
Yeah. We're going to go to the main show. Um, we had the opening recap setting up the main event for tonight, which is um, the knockouts tag team. It was uh, Jordan Grace and Mickey James versus Tasha Steeles and Savannah Evan. That is the main event. But first up, we got the uh, knockouts tag team champions, the Death Dolls, Rosemary and Jessica, with Taya Valkyrie. More on her later. Uh, defeated Deanna Perrazzo and Giselle Shaw with Jai Vidal to retain. Um, this match was okay. They just kind of threw Perrazzo and Giselle Shaw. Uh, together at like the last possible minute gave them a title shot and they already lost you know people are there's rumors surrounding Perazzo's status with the company not looking good <laughs> by the by the way this match seemed um yeah uh yeah I, mean, I got nothing on this it was fine like you know it was i feel like we've seen some variation of this match before and i just i don't know See, they're just killing time until they find some new tag teams. Maybe I don't know because, like, I maybe. don't know if they have anything for this division set up. They don't have anything for this division, but they don't. I don't think they have anything set up for Hard to Kill just yet. So um, they're going to have to get some more talent to to come into here. To be fair, we never really have a division. It's only just like who can work this particular set of tapings, you know? Yeah, um, and, and they're they're in Florida, so that that helps out. But uh, um. Hold on just one second. Uh, next, we go to uh, Jordan Grace and Mickey James to talk backstage about their upcoming match with Tasha and Savannah Evans, uh, with Grace telling James that she wanted James to defeat Steeles. So there you go. And then after that, we got Giselle Shaw and Deanna Prado. They came face-to-face very briefly, and then they both agreed that they would never team again. I actually, I thought this was kind of funny. Um, I laughed. And it was very... Yeah, it was very short and sweet. They just they 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 come from opposite ends of the hallway. They meet in the middle and they say, "We're never doing this again." And then they go their separate ways. And I, I actually really enjoyed that. That was pretty cool. My light just died. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes stuff just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. First it was your internet, then it was your headphone. Now your lights. And next yeah, thing you know, your pet's heads are falling off. Mm-hmm. Broken my nose. Like, you know, this is a, uh, I'm on borrow time tonight, man. The internet, we have a <laughs> storm coming through Chicago right now. Like it's 50 mile an hour winds. It's like sub zero freezing temperatures. Everything we were supposed to have a tournament that got canceled for tomorrow. So, I mean, I could, it's nothing's working. Whatever. Yeah, it's going to be one of those kind of nights. Yeah, Josiah and Ryan, just to have your computers ready, you might get tagged. Let's <laughs> <laughs> get that hot tag. You might get the hot tag just in case JD's shit does. Um, Sammy Callahan called out the design to continue the battle from last week. Uh, he came out with the uh, the, the design came out and uh, Diener cut a, pro- a promo and the audience, it kind of sounded like Bobby Fish just wears the lie promo. Like that place was fucking quiet. Like, Man, nobody cared. It sounded like there were tens of people in the audience. Like yeah. it was spooky. It felt like we were back in those, uh, those pandemic era shows where there was no mm-hmm. audience, where they weren't trying to tell big the audience where we were just embracing the silence, like the ring of honor, specifically those ring of honor mm-hmm. pandemic era shows. Woof. Yeah. Tony Diener, by the way, he's now channeling Eric Young's long meandering Bray Wyatt knockoff promo. And I not a fan. Yeah. And that was exactly what uh, Josiah called it. It said Diener cut a meandering promo about Callahan having a sickness. And then Callahan, like out of nowhere, said that he wanted to join the design, which everybody weird. Literally everybody knew this was bullshit and like the design didn't fall for it. They didn't even attempt to, to fall for it. Like they caught it right away. So it was like, what was the point? And then they just kicked his ass and uh, yeah. Diener hit him with the DDT. It was not good. Like this no. whole thing just isn't working for me. 
And uh, it's pretty terrible. And Alan Angels is uh, who who knows more about this stuff than me. And it's like, oh yeah, because you were in Dark Order. You were, like, you were in the Dork Order, and you yeah. were like member number seventeen. So actually, he was number five. Literally, that was his name. Oh, that's yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, that is pretty true. Uh, next, we go to Tummy Dreamer. He wanted to talk to Josh Alexander backstage. Alexander said he appreciated what Dreamer went through last week and that if Dreamer needed to be forgiven, then so be it. Alexander forgave him. And then he wanted to focus on Bully Ray and uh, not his own and have to be concerned about Tommy Dreamer. He also said that, uh, that he only loves two things in his life, his family and his world title, and both of them are in jeopardy coming up at uh, Hard to Kill. So there you go. Meh. Yeah. Meh. Yeah. Uh, uh, th- this was great. We had a, a video package aired of Ace Austin and Chris Bay getting a big wins in New Japan, the Junior Tag League, which was really cool. Um, JD said he finds it amusing. They use it to promote uh, Impact Plus when the whole shows can be seen on New Japan World. Yes, but uh, they actually get the footage. So all those matches are singled out now on Impact Plus. So each after each match would be over, you could just go to Impact Plus and just watch the matches. You didn't have to go to New Japan World. You just get... This, that match isolated for you so which is really cool if only you care about it is chris bay and ace austin that is helpful and then hopefully you see somebody else there that you like and then you would go to new japan world and watch the rest call me crazy but i think if you if you take the time and money on impact plus you probably only care about the impact talent and aren't invested in the junior heavyweight tag team scene in new japan yeah. pro wrestling Yes, yeah, and uh, honestly, I'm not really all that invested in the junior heavyweight tag team scene. Although um, I, I do want to, there there are some good teams. Yeah, so I at Wrestle Kingdom, I'll probably watch every match, and that's usually the the one show a year where I do watch everything. Is Wrestle? Yeah, Kingdom. Jay White's actually going to do something. It's incredible. The yeah. world champion's actually going to show up in New Japan and like do something. It's going to be 40 and, minutes of him stalling because he's the most boring, boring, overrated wrestler in that company. But whatever well so jay white was great here in impact by the way i thought he was his not a new he was he, i felt but like when he goes to better, new, yes yeah. go ahead finish no i but when he goes to new japan he like i don't know if ghetto just wants him to be like this 1975 heel or something like that but he does exactly what you said he did he stalls for 20 minutes oh, and then boring. the match finally gets going and then once it gets going it's great because jay white is really good yeah yeah it's it's super boring most of the time boring sorry john muse boring in japan i like this aew stuff i loved his impact stuff from this past year but in new japan when he bothers to show up he is boring yes. who remembers he's the champion by the way does everybody just assume Okada's the champion? I knew he was the champion. <laughs> John Muse will not tolerate Jay White slander. Hey, John, welcome, uh, welcome, welcome to the chat, my brother. Hey, and then speaking I, of speaking of John Muse, did you yeah. see John Muse's Bloodline uh, fantasy booking thing that posted the Patreon this week? I did, I did. That was great. I, John was nice enough to send me that ahead of time, and then what? he pitched it to Papa Garrett, and we got it up onto the Patreon. I, you know, if if uh, they were smart, WWE being they, they would uh, they would look at some of the stuff that John's been posting and incorporate some of his ideas, man. Because I thought he had a really great ta- take on it. It was fantastic. We host an impact show, my friend. I think that anybody, I think the people from the company we talk about should uh, heavily invest in what my man is throwing out to there because uh, it's far more creative than what we see normally. Thank yeah. you, Ryan Frederick. He forgot Jay White was the champ. Thought it was Naito. Yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, but keep in mind, I think uh, Ryan Fredericks on ayahuasca. It doesn't right matter. He no. he agreed with me. <laughs> no, he he doesn't do ayahuasca, folks. He's just doing edibles. Is what he said. I don't even know. All what right, that means. Um, Mike. Next, we go to a really a great match. Match of the night. One of the matches of the week. I think Mike Bailey defeating Yuya Uemura. Um, I I love this match. I love both these guys. Um, I gotta you know I need to message Sam. I have a good nickname for her to use on her show for Uemura. Um. Oh yeah. Well, you know, she well she likes Chris Saban's nips, right? So she I was like, one of her like, deals. I was like, you guys should Saban nipples, yes. I was, I was, I just want to tell her, it's like, you should start calling him Yummy Mora. <laughs> man is handsome. <laughs> he is a handsome um, man. I will, I, was I like, will agree. To I was that. like, bro, this this brother's a, a supermodel over here. Look at this guy. He's in here with Mike Bailey, and he's great. He's fantastic. This guy's gonna make a ton of money in Japan when he goes back. Oh, yes, though. They actually have crazy enough. They actually have a lot of female fans in Japan yeah. who get real excited to watch the men perform. It's shocking. Yeah. Don't see that in the States very often. <laughs> Yuya Yummy Mora. Yeah. Sam, please <laughs> take that or I'm going to have to. And it's just not going to be as funny. No, no, no. It's not going to be as funny. But, no, uh, you know, no, the, it's just yeah. creepy when I say it. <laughs> The, but this this match was great. I'm actually gonna do a little bit of play by play here from Josiah. But Bailey hit a PK and then a moonsault knee drop to the chest of Yui Mora um, for a two count. Yummy Mora has caught Bailey after a spinning kick and he refused to let go and hit a double underhook overhead suplex. And then he hit a clothesline and a belly belly suplex and a crossbody to the floor after Bailey rolled out. Uh, Yui Mora went for another uh, in the ring, but Bailey got the knees up. Bailey missed a big spinning kick and got hit with a German suplex. Bailey popped back up, hit the kick on his third attempt before hitting you a like, ultimate weapon for the pinfall. Just a great sequence, a great way to end the match. Um, you know, Impact is starting to, with, with what they're doing with Yui Mora, I kind of see what they're doing now. Like, if they keep on this trend, right? Um, if they keep on this trend, they start using him the way AEW's been using Takeshita. I was thinking right? the same thing, yeah. You know what I mean? Putting him in the matches and he's losing these big stars, but eventually, even with Takeshita and AEW, you got to get this guy some wins. And I know he's not an impact talent, but if you're going to keep him around a little while, you're going to want to get him some wins and build him up. Um, a, for your own company, because he's a very good wrestler, but B, build him up, make him look good, but when, so he can go back to New Japan and be, a, be the big star that we all think that he can be. So... Um, I really do think they should do that. Who's the last New Japan guy to do his excursion run with Impact? Do you recall that, Mike? Okato. Yes, that would be Okato, <laughs> the yeah. uh, current the current man who's challenging at Wrestle Kingdom for the IWGP World Title. One Kazuchika Okada. Perhaps you've heard of him. Perhaps yes, you missed yeah. the Okato run. In which case, you're not alone. Yeah, yeah. So because then after him, uh, you know, we did get Sonata, but Sonata was he was Wrestle One. Is that what it was? Sonata that... wasn't Wrestle One. He was Muto's yeah. protege. You know, that was when they right. had the Wrestle One deal going on. Yeah. So I think that it would behoove Impact to get this guy going because I think that he could be a guy that people will get behind in this company, um, big time. Uh, next, we go to backstage. Uh, the major players and Rhino and Heath were looking to get a tag team title shot, so they're at Scott Demore's door. Uh, but the Motor City Machine Guns came out of the office and announced that they were going to face the major players, Rhino, Heath, Ace Austin, Chris Bay in a four-way uh, elimination at Hard to Kill. Now, okay, all well and good. We kind of, I kind of saw this one coming that it was just going to throw everybody into the match. So Here's what bothered me about this whole thing. Go right? for it. I know where you're going. Okay. So Saban and Shelley come out of the office and they go, you know what? We've, we're just getting sick and tired of all these tag teams trying to take our titles from us. we got to watch our backs constantly. So we're just going to have you guys all in the ring at the same time. 
they just won the titles last week. Yeah, it's been a week. <laughs> it's been a rough week for the two of them. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, I was just like, what are you guys talking about? You guys are a couple of dummies. <laughs> if it was anyone else but the machine guns, I'd be like, what are you guys, what are yeah. we doing? But it is the motors. But I'll, my tolerance is higher with them than it is with most people. So I'll allow a stupid line here or there. But it made no sense. They acted like they've had these things for six, like they're the bloodline or something like that, fighting off people left and right. <laughs> yeah. It's literally been a week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's been the hardest week of their life. Uh, the three-time tag team champions, and they're also the New Japan Strong tag team champions. So those Correct. poor guys. Yeah. Uh, next, uh, Jason Hodge and John Skyler came out to the ring, and they're getting ready to face Johnny Swinger and Zicky Dice. But then uh, Bully Ray's music hit, and he chased Swinger and Dice off. And then Bully Ray came out. He beat up a Hotch and Skyler a little bit before cutting a promo on Josh Alexander. He actually zip-tied Hotch to the ropes and threatened to end his career if Alexander didn't come out. And Alexander ran out. He made the save. He cut Hotch free. And then at that point, Hotch and Skyler then attacked Josh Alexander. They all zip-tied him to the ring. Uh, and then uh, Bully Ray got a bunch of heat on him. Tom, Tommy Dreamer ends up showing up. Bully Ray beat his ass, hit him with a ladder. Uh, hit him with a bunch of chair shots, and then uh, that was basically the end of the segment. So rather than beat Josh mercilessly, they tricked Josh to getting down to the ring, zip tied him to the ropes, and made them mm-hmm. made him watch made Josh watch him beat up Tommy Dreamer rather than just beating up Josh Alexander. You got to get Tommy on the show, JD. You have to have Tommy. This wasn't exactly this wasn't exactly Randy Savage and Jake and Jake Roberts. You know what I'm saying? Like this. No, I was just this. I gotta hate every every time Bully Ray is on screen. It's awful. (laughs) It's just awful. This whole thing sucked. Like I don't like him. He's gonna have like minion tag team. I guess that's fine. Like I guess Mm -hmm. that's a good use for Hotch and Silver or whatever. Skyler, um, wrong job or tag team. I don't know, man. It didn't make any sense to me. Like. Like Bully's big plan was to zip tie Josh to the ring. Then what? If Tommy Dreamer doesn't come out, what was the plan then? What would he have done? Just left him there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe he knew Tommy was coming out. I don't know. I don't know. Stupid man. I just the the overuse of Tommy Dreamer, like getting sympathy for Tommy Dreamer, whom a week ago he didn't really like all that much. And this week he's like he begrudges like, yeah, I forgive you. And then he gets watched him get mercilessly <laughs> beaten in front of. I don't know. I had so many issues with this story. Continue. This is this is you shit, know man. if. If you're if you're in the ring getting your ass kicked, right, and you're zip tied to the ropes, right, and you got three guys kicking your ass, and then Bully Ray has got a chair, and then all of a sudden you see Captain Cholesterol himself, Tommy Dreamer, running down to the Captain ring. Captain Cholesterol. You you got to know at that point you're fucking dead, bro. Like that guy is not helping. No, no, it's over. <laughs> yeah, if that's the only guy that comes out to save you is Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> You're fucked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There ain't nothing, ain't nothing uh, going good in your life. No. Um, you know, I've heard, I've heard uh, John Mew say this a few times before, but John says Hodge has potential to be good for them. Haven't seen him in singles against Taven, Shelley and others. Uh, not at that level. He's looked good consistently when given time. I, and you know what? And I believe you on that. And I, 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 hopefully they do give him some time and you know what? And for his, to his credit, John Schuyler is a good wrestler and maybe this will end up being a good tag team. I have no qualm with them. One, it could their tag team on the shows with them. Perfectly fine with two. I have no problem with them being bullies minions. I just hate that bully has minions. Cause that means he's on the show. <laughs> And that they're building the show around bully, around bully freaking Ray. I just <laughs> yeah. it's twenty twenty two. Can we let the Attitude Era die? That's all yeah. I ask for on this show. 
Uh, you know what? Here, I got my I got my Santa hat on, dear Santa. Um, actually, the Santa from Violet Night. That is my new favorite Santa, by the way. Violet the, Night. Which one is that? The the dude from Stranger Things, the sheriff, oh, plays yeah, a yeah, yeah. bad motherfucker Santa, and he ends up. Uh, I'm not going to ruin the, ruin the movie for anybody, but he shows up to the wrong house at the wrong time and has to beat some asses. So Santa's a badass in this one. So okay, let's say that. Dude, you gotta watch it, bro. It's okay. right up your alley. It's I'm in. like action. It's a Christmas themed action thriller movie that you'll absolutely love. It's like a heist movie, but with Santa. Really? Some bad guys, dude. It's dude. I'm telling you, okay, I, I posted it. I posted it in the new fight game or Garrett's new group or what what we're watching or whatever it's oh, called. Yeah, okay. Uh, what are yeah. you watching? I just posted that this morning. The movie poster is great. I watched it this morning before work. Uh, dude, I, I was like, this is like now it's in my top 10 uh, Christmas movies ever. It's right up there. So absolutely. Everybody go check it out. You got to check it out. We've been watching the Christmas Chronicles part two at home and I can't get away from that movie, even though it features Kurt Russell <laughs> as Santa. That's all I can say about it that is that I like, you know. So I, I I like both of those movies. Christmas they're fun. Christmas one and two. But they're fun. But my daughter is times. watching it. She's watching it every day. Yes, Literally, same. for the last two weeks, she's getting up and watching Christmas Chronicles 2 because she likes the little elves. She's been watching yep. it nonstop, dude. It's... Yeah, Andy's in the same boat. He loves it. <laughs> like, not nonstop, but he loves it. He's like, Dad, let's watch Christmas Chronicles 2. And I'm like, do we have yeah. to watch Christmas Chronicles? There's other things we can watch, Andy. <laughs> like, yeah, same boat. So I put on last night uh, to get her to watch something different. I put on the year without a Santa Claus and uh, oh, which yeah. I watched when I was a kid, you know, and it's on Peacock. Oh. So I, I put it on and the fucking um, wizard demon guy that kind of pops up scared the shit out of her. <laughs> and like, and uh, so I, I put it on, I leave and go to the store and I come back and my daughter's crying. My wife's mad at me. She goes, what did you put? I was like, the year without a Santa Claus. She goes, well, the, the wizard guy scared the crap out of her. She's terrified now. We're watching Christmas Chronicles 2 again. <laughs> you never know. You never know what's going <laughs> to set them off because my kid yeah. will sit and watch Gremlins with me. But there's other things we'll throw on that I'm like, this scares you? Like, it's just you never know when it comes to little kids what's going to set them off. Speaking of getting set off, Alexander was backstage and he told Scott Demore that he wanted to stop playing by the rules. Well, Bully Ray broke him and he blamed himself for what happened with Tommy Dreamer. Demore said that Dreamer knew what he was walking into, um, gingerly walking into, but but that Alexander was right about needing to stop playing by the rules when it comes to Bully Ray. He never wanted to play by the rules. Demore keeps getting on to him for being a rule breaker, but Alexander's the only guy that Demore cares has integrity. Um, but this led to them booking a full metal mayhem uh, at Hard to Kill, which we knew it was going to be some type of gimmick match. You're not going to have a regular match with Bully Ray. Cody Deaner killed a man. He, he killed him. He in fact stabbed did. him in the heart. And Scott, the only person, like Josh, gets like you know angry, and and Scott's like, Ooh, mm, I don't know. You got to mm. calm down. You have murderers on your roster. Sue Young absorbed someone's soul. Brandy Lorenz's soul. It didn't matter who. Like she absorbed <laughs> someone's soul. Like I don't know, man. Like why Josh has to be the only person in this company who has to follow the rules ever is astounding to me. Bully Ray, why is he getting a title match? I know well, he, he won, won the call. He won the bowling. Yeah. He won the bowling trophy. But he's trying. He's he's he doesn't follow any rules. That's like Macklin. Macklin can't. Macklin's laying on the show. Can't get a shot at any title. It's ridiculous. Speaking of Macklin. 
He was up next, him and Rich Swan. Uh, they went to a double countout. Um, so Rich Swan just re-signed. Steve Macklin's becoming a top heel here. They got to find these guys something to do. So they went to a double countout here, and it looks like they're probably setting up a match for Hard to Kill. So, but I, I did, I did like this uh, segment. Um, not every match has to have a not not every match has to have a clean finish, right? You just they they brawled and they brawled to the outside. They got a double countout, and then security tried to break them up. They fought security off for a little while before uh, they went to the next segment. Yeah, this was fine. I, I know zero problems. I think people bitch too much. I think the clean finish thing has become like a, a zeitgeist thing to argue about. Like anytime there isn't one now, people are like, "Well, oh, it's not a clean finish." Like, yeah. I don't know, man. Like you can you you don't have to have all clean. We can utilize a quote unquote dirty finish on occasion. You know, especially if especially if you're trying to get to from point A to point B. Hey, look, this was right. the main event. It was in right. the middle of the show. They're setting yeah. up a program for later, right? And yeah, I think these guys fine. are gonna have an awesome match. Yeah. Yes, agreed. Yeah, um, we all we go backstage. Eddie Edwards cut a promo about how he wanted to move on, uh, but his pass from ROH keeps coming back to him with uh, Jonathan Gresham. And then Alicia Edwards walked up and told him that he had to beat Gresham to finally put the pass behind them. It's kind of hard to believe these two are married since they were trying to act here. This is from Josiah, by the way. <laughs> He's right. <It's> just, yeah. <laughs> it looked like they never met each other based on trying to act. That's pretty funny. I've um, never seen a yeah. couple that has worked together as frequently as these two that have so little chemistry on scam. Yeah. It's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. So Alicia Edwards is only good in brief spots where she just says something random and weird off the cuff. Like she was great in those, the Johnny Swingers yes. casino, the Swingers palace segments. I thought she was awesome there. She's much better at being funny than she is at being even slightly serious. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she's next. We go to the main. Stuff. Yeah, she is. Next, we go to the main event. Jordan Grace and Mickey James defeated Tasha Steeles and Savannah Evans. Well, can Grace and James coexist? In fact, they can. They coexisted long enough to, uh, to win the title enough. before they before they fought at the end. I caught this too. So the announcers actually, um, and Josiah wrote this in his uh, write up here. But the announcers talked about how Mickey James was similar to Randy Couture uh, in the UFC, coming out of retirement to face Tim Sylvia. I loved that. Uh, analogy there. Uh, Couture did, he came back and he beat up uh, Tim Sylvia at one of my favorite UFC fights of all time. Um, uh, great, great moment. I love the comparison there, and I'm really glad that, uh, I'm really glad that it was actually added to this right up here by our buddy Josiah. But, uh, uh, pretty good match. Uh, Grace uh, gets the, gets the pin here, and then they fight at the end, uh, to keep their feud going. So, what'd you think? It's fine. I lost internet during this match, so I saw the beginning <laughs> and I saw the end. And uh, I saw the post-match shenanigans. So I can't really speak to the match quality because Mediacom was not in my favor during this time. <laughs> yeah. This is when yeah. I text you. I'm like, hey, lost internet. Lost I don't know internet, what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, here's Josiah. He said, ha, John, I had my soul absorbed once. What a weird week. That's pretty funny. Um, That's from a pastor, too. So I believe it's from a pastor. Yeah. And then, and then uh, Pat said that uh, that Sue Young once ate a swingerella. I believe that. And then uh, official Lil Silver, whoever wins the match out of uh, Rich Swan and Steve Mack will be the next in line to face the winner. Uh, I agree. I, I, I and I, I, I agree. I could actually see that because um, both Rich Swan and Steve Mack have been positioned to get a title shot lately. They've been uh, kind of in that mix with them. So I really like uh, what they got going on there. But uh, hey. Oh, go ahead. I know. I feel like Josh and Macklin is the one match that's interesting that we're kind of been sitting on for a while. That could be that could be pretty good. I don't know. Um, yeah. I hope the company can deliver 
something big on it because I think there's a lot of potential there. I really do. Yeah, yeah, so do I. Um, I honestly, just asking Mike's opinion, I think they need to build somebody new. I think we I need agree. a new guy in that top mix. Um, after Alexander gets through Bully Ray, which I fully believe he will, I think they should immediately go to Macklin and Macklin should get the title. Honestly, just build a guy. See, see what yeah. he's got. See if he can be the top heel in the company for a little while. Because uh, I don't I don't think the other WWE cast-offs are sticking around. So why not go with your guy? And, and Macklin is a WWE cast-off, but to me, he feels Different. like an impact guy. Because yeah. he actually changed, he changed his gimmick. He changed his name. He became a different guy here. He has a brand new character. To me, he doesn't come across as a WWE cast off. He's an impact guy to me. So, and hopefully he sticks around. I would put the title on him. To his credit, he doesn't strike me as a guy who wants nothing more than to go back, than yeah. to be in in Triple Paul's loving arms once again. Like he kind of strikes me as a guy with a chip on his shoulder, you mm-hmm. know, which I would rather see quite honestly than a guy who's you know, trying to brown nose his way back into the company. Yeah. Say Dax Harwood, for example. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, because he agrees with me, Josiah gets uh, back up on the board here. He says, Macklin feels totally like an impact guy, a la Mox as an AEW guy. I think that's a great yeah, comparison. A because honestly, um, like I keep forgetting that Mox's name used to be Dean Ambrose, right? And honestly, he, if you put a gun to my head, I couldn't tell you what Steve Macklin's WWE name was. I just couldn't. I have to look it up. I know he was one of those the the forgettable sons or whatever they were. You know, um, <laughs> I, I literally don't remember what his dumb name was because Steve Macklin's a better name. It sounds realistic. They have the phoniest ass soap opera names on that show. Like yeah, if you, yeah. you watch you watch one episode of NXT and you hear just the worst goddamn names. It's, it sounds like <laughs> porn, to be honest with you. They all have porn <laughs> names. Katana yeah. Chance. The Katana fuck is that? Ch- Katana <laughs> Chance. This is a Mortal Kombat finishing move, Katana Chance. Fatality, yeah. Fatality, yeah. Um, so before we, so before we sign off on the free feed, YouTube, stick around. You're getting the Patreon stuff uh, right here live on this feed. So you guys stick around. Um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Um, that was it, Steve Cutler. He's right. That was yeah, it was name. Steve Cutler. Thank you, Ryan. It was Steve Cutler. Wherever wherever you get your podcasts, um, head over to patreon.com slash fight game media if you just want this type of content each and every week. We're about to switch over to Patreon where you usually get about 30 to 40 minutes of extra content each and every week. Uh, we talk all the impact news, and then JD and I will just riff on all the, the hot topics in the, the world of pro wrestling and anything that comes to our mind. Um, but if you're watching us on YouTube, stick around. We're gonna keep the conversation going, okay? 